Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Drive Time on RTE Radio 1 with Sarah McInerney and Cormac O'Hara. You're welcome back. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has apologised for attending a bring-your-own-booze party in the garden of Number 10 Downing Street during England's first lockdown in May 2020. The Prime Minister acknowledged the public rage over the incident, but insisted he thought it could have been technically within the rules. Opposition MPs have called for Mr Johnson to resign, and some, even within his own party, the Conservative Party, have said he should quit if he is found to have broken strict laws his own government brought in to prevent the spread of the virus. Well, a little earlier, I spoke to uh, Conservative MP Sir Roger Gale and asked him if Boris Johnson will survive. I suspect probably not. The apology was welcome, certainly, and up to a point I think it was heartfelt and genuine. However, I suspect it was too little and too late. I agree with the Prime Minister that it would have been better if uh, Sue Gray, the civil servant conducting the inquiry into these events, had been allowed to finish her job without, frankly, people like me um, prejudging matters or jumping to conclusions that maybe she won't reach. The problem is that the Prime Minister of the dispatch box at Prime Minister's question time today indicated that he had spent 20 or 25 minutes at what he described as a work event, or thought was a work event, in the Downing Street Garden. That work event uh, was preceded by email invitations to about 100 people saying, bring your own bottle. And I don't know of any precedent for a bring-your-own-bottle work event in Downing Street. Mm-hmm. What is being said in the corridors of Parliament now after hearing the Prime Minister um, at noon today? uh, What is being said among backbenchers in the Tory party? I gather mainly from tweets and from snippets that the mood is pretty bleak. Publicly, very few people are saying anything at all. But privately, I think there is still... In fact, not only still, but possibly more anger than there was before. Um, What, if anything, will emerge from the 1922 committee? I don't know, of course. But we shall see. I wonder, is there enough anger? And there has been anger before uh, within the Tory party about, you know, various incidents that that Boris Johnson has been involved in or various utterances uh, or actions. But... There, was, there has not, to, to date, been action. So is this likely to be different, I wonder? You have already sent your letter, haven't you, to the 1922 committee uh, and to, to Graham Brady. I wonder how many other people within the party ha- have done likewise. Well, you and me both wonder that, Cormac, and I don't <laughs> know the answer. Um, because Graham Brady, entirely properly, is as tight as a clam, and he won't tell anybody until the witching figure of 54 is reached, at which point he will announce that there will be a leadership election. Now, a lot of people don't want a leadership election at the moment. In fact, I don't want a leadership election at the moment. I think there ought to be one. But now, in the middle of the pandemic still, is really not the best time to have a leadership election, and that may be the thing. That keeps Mr. Johnson in office for a little longer. The problem so, uh, is that we are where we are with what was said today, and 
On December the 8th, the Prime Minister said from the dispatch box that as far as he was concerned, and he'd been told on good authority that there were no parties. Mm-hmm. Well, we now know that he was actually at one of them. So he misled the House, and that's a hanging offence. It's incredible, really, uh, the, the set of circumstances that uh, the UK and the Tory party in particular finds itself in, because the Tories now, um, the Conservatives, have to ask themselves, will they will they act knowing what they know now uh, and having seen the apology, uh, notwithstanding whatever the, the grey investigation throws up? Because we have it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, now this morning from the Prime Minister. He has apologised for his attendance and he accepts that it was wrong to attend. Um, and he wishes now it was different. But will the Tory party now do what's best for the country or will they act on personal and party interests? And I just wonder, do they believe, do, do MPs in the Tory party believe that the office of Prime Minister has been sullied or brought into disrepute to such an extent that they have to act, I wonder, Roger? Well, you're saying or suggesting that doing the best for the country means getting rid of Johnson. Now, this Prime Minister is not all bad. Um, I voted Remain in the referendum. So I I wasn't overjoyed by Brexit. But the fact of the matter is that the Prime Minister was elected on a promise to get Brexit done. And by and large, he's got Brexit done. After a rocky start with the pandemic, but a rocky start that I think was emulated in virtually every country in the Western world, by and large, he's handled the pandemic, I think, pretty well. And we've had a world-leading vaccination program in Britain that has saved thousands of lives. So it's not all bad from his point of view. Uh, He's made a fair fist of some things. But unfortunately, he's made a complete cock-up of other things. And I fear that the latter is now overtaking the former. Mm -hmm. Uh, And briefly, how long? You reckon he will go? He will be... He will go by his own uh, design or he'll be pushed out sooner rather than later, uh, Roger? I've always taken the view that in politics, if the end is inevitable, then it is better to go voluntarily and with dignity. Uh, Mr. Johnson has indicated that he doesn't intend to go voluntarily. So it will now be up to the 1922 committee and the members of the Conservative Party to decide whether they want a leadership election or not. I can't tell you whether they do because I I genuinely don't know whether I'm... Mm the only voice crying in this wilderness, or whether there are others. I'm told that others have put letters in, but nobody else has stuck their head above the parapet and said they have. Well, we'll see, uh, Roger, if, if we hear more cries as opposed to just your own for the time being. Sir Roger Gale, thank you very much indeed. Drive Time on RT Radio 1 with Sarah McInerney and Cormac O'Hara. Let's return to Westminster now, where even by the standards of the Johnson era, it was a day of extraordinary political drama. I believed implicitly that this was a work event. But Mr Speaker, with hindsight, I should have sent everyone back inside. I should have found some other way to thank them. And I should have recognised that even if it could be said technically to fall within the guidance, there would be millions and millions of people who simply would not see it that way. Well, there we have it. After months of deceit and deception, the pathetic spectacle of a man who's run out of road. His defence, his defence, that he didn't realise he was at a party. (laughs) 
There you have it. Prime Minister Boris Johnson and opposition Labour leader Keir Starmer in the House of Commons this afternoon. I give kudos to Chris Cook of the FT who tweeted after that, I've been to some bad parties but none so bad that I've thought I was at a work meeting, he says. And that sums up what an awful lot of people said in terms of commentary afterwards. But has Mr Johnson done enough to steady the Conservative ship, even for now, even for a while? John Rintoul is Chief Political Commentator at the London Independent, and he joins me now. John, you get all the best gigs. You're very welcome to the programme. Uh, we <laughs> spoke know. earlier in the programme to Sir Roger Gale, and he's, I think, the very first Tory MP to publicly say Boris Johnson should be replaced. But there have been others since now. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and uh, Douglas Ross, the uh, leader of the Scottish Tories, is the most prominent among them. Um, I mean, that uh, that was that answers your question. I mean, has, has the Prime Minister done enough to steady the ship? No, he hasn't. But, I mean, he may have done... Uh, he may have done the most that he could in a very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly Tory MPs that I've spoken to say uh, say it's it's not enough. Um, but it's, you know, it is very difficult to see how uh, how much more pressure the Prime Minister is going to come under until Sue Gray, the civil servant, reports on, uh, on what actually happened. Well, unless, I mean, Douglas Ross, you mentioned, William Ragg, I think, another Tory MP, has said he wants uh, Boris Johnson to go. Unless Indeed. there's a, a steady trickle of MPs who publicly declare that they want him gone. Yes, but I mean, are there fifty-four of them? That's the uh, that's the magic number that that is needed to uh, trigger a vote of no confidence in the leader of the party. Uh, what do you reckon, uh, John? I just don't think there are there are fifty-four, um, not yet, uh, and maybe not for a while yet, because the next election is so far away. I mean, the next election could be uh, nearly two and a half years away. So um, but there are local I'm elections sh- in May, isn't that right? There, there are, and uh, there are a lot of Tory MPs who are very worried about losing good friends and colleagues uh, in those elections if if the party does extremely badly. But it takes, you know, I mean, I know the the, the MPs are given to panic, but it takes quite a lot to uh, <laughs> to, to to turn the uh, the Conservative uh, MPs into headless chickens. Well, <laughs> so what, how is it going to play out, John? Because I think the the, um, the kind of timeline that, that uh, Roger Gale gave us, he said out of courtesy that they were to let uh, Sue Gray complete her investigation, see what's in her findings, and maybe yeah. then move. Is that a likely... How long would that take, I wonder? Well, we don't know. I mean, <laughs> nobody knows. I mean, uh, apart from possibly Sue Gray herself. Uh, there's some speculation that it may come next week, but I mean, on the other hand, she is known for wanting to do a, a, a very thorough job, and she may want to interview the prime minister herself. I don't know if she's done that yet. Uh, all this has been kept very much under wraps, mm-hmm. um, so it could well be um, f- not for a couple of weeks uh, yet. In which case, you know, Boris Johnson's got another another prime minister's questions. Uh, to get through, and every time he appears in public, he's going to be asked more questions about yeah. uh, about these uh, these 
parties, uh, which weren't parties, of course, which are work, work events. But it's also about water under the bridge and how much time elapses and other items come on the agenda. And yeah. I don't want to paint myself like a, a cynical uh, Tory, but if I was in Boris Johnson's camp and I, I knew that the Grey investigation was um, about to conclude, I would say, by the way, we have some more information for you. And in would come, <laughs> <laughs> in would come the lorry loads of information. Yeah, no. I mean, I think that's. I think that's right. I mean, the instinct of uh, of, of the Conservatives, and the instinct of the Prime Minister, must be to uh, to continue to be as apologetic as he can be, and as, as uh, and as contrite as he can as he can manage. He's not very good at it. It must be said. I mean, it was written all over his face today that he did not like. Uh, eating humble pie at all, mm-hmm. uh, but he was able to keep it up for for, for forty five minutes, which is a very long time, um, and uh, you know play it long. I mean that's obviously the you know the, the thing he he needs to wait for uh, world events to to intervene and distract people from uh, from his own problems. How do you think Keir Starmer, the Labour leader, performed? Because he was more Queensbury rules, I thought, than MMA. <laughs> well, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty hard hitting. He said, uh, he, "He said it, it, most people in this country think the prime minister's a liar," um, which is which is playing fast and loose with the rules on uh, on not calling uh, other MPs uh, liars. Um, he he was he was pretty tough. Uh, I thought it was a really really difficult uh, uh, occasion for him. I mean. If, if we thought it was difficult for the Prime Minister, then it's incredibly difficult for the leader of the opposition when expectations are so high mm-hmm. and all, all his supporters who actually absolutely cannot stand Boris Johnson uh, expect him, uh, Keir Starmer, to, to, de- to deliver a knockout blow, which, which Starmer knows he can't do because I mean, mm-hmm. all it is is, is is words exchanged over dispatch boxes. Uh, and yet I think, he, I think he turned in a very, very robust performance. James in Tipperary, John, uh, texts the programme and he says, Cormac, this is the first time I heard of your uh, employer telling you to bring booze to your workplace. Surely this contravenes the Health and Safety Acts. And I would say, I don't know if you'd agree, John, that health and safety is probably the last of Boris Johnson's uh, <laughs> worries in this one. Uh, even though we should say, it's extre- anybody who watched Jim Shannon, the, the DUP MP yesterday, um, yes. and his co- uh, contribution was referenced and he lost his mother-in-law. There is rage in the UK, absolute fury, because people lost loved ones um, and and they couldn't uh, visit their loved ones on their deathbeds. And even though we may joke about the politics of it now and him trying to wriggle out of it, this elicits fury from an awful lot of people for good reason. Yes, absolutely. And the Prime Minister knows that and he acknowledged that. He actually used the the, the word rage uh, in in, in, in his opening remarks. Uh, accepting that it looked really bad to millions of people in this country, and he had to try and um, uh, you know maintain that tone uh, throughout uh, Prime Minister's questions, and he and he and he just about succeeded. But I mean, your 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 texter there has put, has put their finger on on one of the problems, which is you know bring your own booze is is an instruction for a party, not a not a work yeah. event. But, I mean. One of the Prime Minister's defences, and this was put out by a number 10 spokesperson uh, at a briefing afterwards, was that the Prime Minister didn't actually see that email uh, that invited people to socially distanced drinks, which which again signals party rather than uh, work, work event. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what happens over the next 24 hours or so. John Rentoul of the London Independent. Thank you very much. My pleasure. 